Isaiah chapter 7, 14 to 16. Therefore, the Lord himself shall give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. Butter and honey shall he eat that he may know to refuse the evil and choose the good. For before the child shall know to refuse the evil and choose the good, the land that thou abhorrest shall be forsaken of both her kings. It's very important that I'm reading this portion of scripture so that we understand some things. Amen. Therefore, the Lord himself shall give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. Butter and honey shall he eat so that he may know to refuse the evil and choose the good. For before the child shall know to refuse evil and choose the good, the land that thou abhorrest shall, shall, for, shall be forsaken of both her kings. Then we go to Isaiah 9, 6, and 7. Isaiah 9, 6, and 7. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace, there shall be no end. Upon the throne of David and upon his kingdom, to order it and to establish it with judgment and with justice from hence of, from henceforth even forever. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. And I hear you say, Amen. Shall we be seated? Amen. Well, I want to talk to you, like I said, Christmas is the, a son given to mankind. Christmas is not about just celebrating a year that has reached you. For some people, Christmas means, I fear to be beyond, so let me celebrate. But that is not the purpose. For some people, Christmas means families will have to come together. For some people, yesterday I met somebody, Every 24th into 25th, he gathers his friends in his house. It's a good thing. But that is not the purpose. Hey, we have uh, Pastor Gladys Dasa here. Uh, Pastor in War Church. You are most welcome. So for some people, that is what it means. Other people, it means just booze drink something and other people it means you must go and catch another young lady or see somebody's wife or take somebody's husband some people that's what christmas means it means just do the so that you do something and you say you have conquered amen christmas means many things to many people but i want us to look at one aspect of christmas today that a son was given to mankind the messianic prophecies of jesus christ were given by the prophet isaiah he spoke 
extensively about Jesus becoming as the Messiah. That's prophet Isaiah. He had his prophecy on that. So he's normally referred to as a uh, Messianic prophet. The one who prophesied more and ditto ditto about the birth of Jesus. Like we read. And he did these prophecies about 740 years before Jesus was born. Before Jesus was born. So 740 years before Jesus was born, the man was speaking and saying that this will happen. And the birth of Jesus is such a great event in the history of mankind of people because the almighty creator himself he has decided and orchestrated that that was what he was going to do for mankind god himself so it's a very great event in fact as we are talking now the whole world the history of the whole world is 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 is, is calculated based on christ his birth based on the day he was born so they talk about bc that is before christ so we say 740 bc that means christ was prophesied 740 years before him he was born and then we talk about ad anno domini which means in the year of our lord it's a latin word which is in the year of our lord anno domini ad now so when you hear 2020 it means 2020 years in the year of our lord that means since christ was born 2020 is 2020 years after he was born are you understanding what i'm saying so that so the whole history is the whole history of mankind is even affected so it's a very great event because god the creator himself he orchestrated it it is not an idea of somebody it is the idea of god and he is the creator so he can do what he likes so jesus was born not by accident but by a calculated planned thing of god that it came to pass amen that's why the bible ends by saying the zeal of the lord shall perform this that means god is saying i will make sure it happens nobody can stop it i will make sure it happens and really it happened what i like about isaiah's prophecies we read today is that when he prophesied that a virgin would conceive and give birth to a son in the same Isaiah chapter 4, Isaiah chapter 17, verse 14, he just prophesied and said, A baby shall, shall con a virgin shall conceive and give birth to a son. Then in chapter 9, he asked the people, Ask God for a sign. The people said, No, no, we don't want to tell God. Then he said, The Lord Himself shall give you this sign. Amen. The Lord himself shall give you this sign. For unto us a child is born. And unto us a son is given. So he has prophesied that the thing will come. But he didn't wait. He prophesied the fulfillment of it. Just in that same scripture. In that same uh, uh, book. He prophesied the fulfillment. You see somebody will say that well if you say he will come wait. When he comes then we will say. But he said he is going to come and you come through a virgin then before even it happens he's telling you who and how that person is going to be and that's what i like about isaiah 
So the celebration of Christmas, therefore, is one of the greatest events in the calendar of Christianity because of what I've just told you. One of the greatest events in the calendar of Christianity. In fact, I remember when we started church, uh, we refused to, to celebrate Christmas. Because when you read the history of Christianity, or of Christmas, the origin of Christmas, and you don't look at it broadly, you will conclude that it's a pagan worship. And that's because Christ actually was not born on the 25th December. Amen. He wasn't born on that. Because December is too cold in Israel for shepherds to be lying in the field. December. No shepherd lies in the field in December. In Israel, Palestine, no. This is your winter. You will die there. So, <laughs> the date is not important. What the whole world agreed on is that this man was born. And we want to celebrate the day he was born. So in the times of the Roman kings, when they began to be Christians, then they decided that no, now that we are Christians, we will not celebrate anything about the gods of the land. But on that day, whilst others are celebrating their evil, we will celebrate the day Jesus was born, which is a noble idea. It's a great idea. But you will realize that since the Romans did it, it has taken over the whole world. In, in the last few years, certain people have tried to take Christmas away. When you are buying a Christmas card and they call it season greetings, it was part of some people's mind to remove Christmas. So they will call it season's greetings. I'm not saying don't buy it because you know why you are buying it. But they wanted the, name, the fact that it is Christmas out. In fact, in UK... They were saying it should be seen as a holiday and not attached to Christ. People hate Christ so much that they don't want us to celebrate Christ. But thank God, up to today, Christmas is there. And that's one of the things I like about President, I like about President uh, Trump. He came and said Christmas is back. We shall celebrate Christmas. <laughs> he said Christmas back in the White House. We will celebrate. So it's not season greetings. It's Christmas greetings. Amen. Am I telling you something? So for me, I don't buy cars that are season greetings. I buy Christmas greetings. The holiday is what they were doing. The British, they were bringing the holiday. It's, yes, the British were deliberately removing the Christmas. In fact, they were even saying a lot that nobody should say Christmas. It should be a holiday. Anyway, if you buy the card, it's not. You write the Christmas. Write on it. Some people have bought their thing already. You two are saying they shouldn't buy. Why? They bought it already. <laughs> Amen. You know, personally, I used to, I, before I got to know it, I remember, I used to let you do a card for me. Eh? And I called the seasons, season, seasonal greetings. And I sent one to somebody. And then the person called me to educate me. He said, Pastor. The people are trying to bury Christmas. So they don't want to hear the thing Christ. You see, Christmas is actually Christ's mass. The Catholics, they call it mass. You, how many of you know their services are mass? So they say, this Christmas is Christ's mass. Christ's mass. That's what is Christmas. I'm just trying to let you understand some things. But 
Whether it is he was born on 25th or it was he was born some other day, we don't care. The truth is that he was born. You see, I remember when we used to think that it was not. Sofo, can you come? Sofo, come. Macho. Pastor Isaac Opoku is in church and he was going to sit at the back. You can sit here. So whether he was born on a day on a day we don't know or not, the important thing is he was born. And I remember, you know, we used to have a lot of things about, I remember when I started church in Wa, the Ahmadis would come, they have read the Bible. They are very knowledgeable. The Ahmadis are more knowledgeable in, in religious studies than the Orthodox Muslims. They came to me and then they said, hey, pastor, some of my cases, say, pastor, you are ready to celebrate Christmas, eh? Christ was born in December 25th. I said, no, he was not born in December 25th. As if I knew they were coming to mock me. When I said it, they said, why? I said, ah, ah. We don't know when Christ was born. People just chose it to celebrate history. He said, you know that. They have learned it, and Christians don't know. So from that day, they took me more serious. Because they think when we are doing it, we are joking. But you see, the important thing is that I want you also to know that we will celebrate Christmas on the 25th. Because when we do that, we make the whole world know that Jesus was born. Oh, I thought you would put your hands together. So we, will, so we changed and we said we will celebrate it. We will change and we said we will celebrate it. When you go into Europe, but for Christmas, you won't hear anything about Christ in most places. But when Christmas is coming, you will hear about Christ. Amen. You will hear it. They celebrate the thing proper. And in America now, they are celebrating it. That's one thing our brother Obama didn't help us. He came and helped us to bury Christian, uh, Christmas. Trump came and said, Christmas is back. Tell somebody, Christmas is back. We will celebrate Christmas because Christ was born. Come on, put your hands together. Christ was born. Whether the world like it or not, there was a day that Christ was born. Amen. And so today I want you to know that Jesus was born into the world. So we will celebrate. It's a great, it's one of the greatest events in the Christian calendar, Christmas. But we need to understand and celebrate it in the proper context. In the proper context. It's not for drinking. It's not for eating. You can eat. Of course, when you are celebrating, you eat. Amen. I don't know what my wife has prepared, but I'm going home to eat. Today, this morning, I was in the place and I was hearing some, some pampa in the whole house. And I told myself, I said, this woman is tempting me, but I'm preparing on my word. <laughs> she got up very early to prepare. It's Christmas. We'll celebrate. Those of you who don't have anything to eat, after that, come and see me. No, no, no. I'm serious about it. If you don't have anything to eat, come and see me. All right? I'm very serious about it. I'm not joking. If you are going home and you don't know what to go and eat, come. I'll give you money to go to uh, and go and buy food. Pack rice with something and eat. No. So the eating 
The eating is not wrong. The eating is not wrong, but it is not about eating. Do you understand what I'm saying? So if you don't have anything to eat, I'm very serious. After that, come, come forward. Come and see me. Some of you are disqualified, no. Because, because if, if, if uh, Vice comes to me and says he has nothing to eat, I will, I will disqualify him. He, if he tells me he has nothing to eat, I know he's fasting to pray. <laughs> Amen. Or if Judge not tells me, I will go back to his wife and ask the wife, why didn't you give your husband? I would rather rebuild the woman and say, go home and cook for your husband. <laughs> that they want mommy's food. So they, if you want mommy's food, go to her. Don't come to me. <laughs> Amen. But, but, you see, it's not about food, but we shall eat. Amen. I remember those years. Christmas was the day we drank Fanta. And then we got biscuits. And we put them, we, we, we put rope in them. We won't even chew them all. We put rope in them. The more you have, you put rope in them and you hang it. Then you go around and put rope and hang it. And hang it. Hey, how many of you have been there before? But you see, the whole thing made us to know that something ever happened. And that's because Jesus was born. Jesus once upon a time was born. And the whole world, whether they like it or not, Christ was born. Ah, they don't like it. Look, some people, some people don't like Christmas. When they see Christmas, they get angry. But you and me, when we see Christmas, let's clap, let's rejoice, let's shout, let's jump, let's shout us Come on, shout yes! Shout Christmas! Listen, if you have your house, decorate it. Put some things and let them know we are celebrating that Christ was born. We will never keep quiet. Amen? Decorate it. Put something around. Put some something on the, 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 the everyone knows this man is celebrating Christmas. Because there are others that don't like it. Amen? But we know what it is. So we want to celebrate it in proper context. Number one, we want to let the world know that Jesus was born. I like it. That's one of the things I like about Catholic Church. I don't believe most of their doctrines. When I went to Israel, I realized if Catholic Church had not been there, a lot of these things would have been buried by now. No, no, when I went to Israel, I respected Catholic Church. Most of the sites, they went and preserved it. If they were looking, waiting for the Pentecostals, by the time we finished speaking tongues. <laughs> by the time we finished speaking our tongues, Muslims would have gone to take it. In fact, some of the places are even in the Muslim territory. And they have gone to take it to build and handed it over to the Muslim authorities. And they take taxes for people to go there. Like nativity. The, birth, the place Jesus was born. It's not in the control of Israel. It's in the control of the, what the Palestinian leader. That's, that's it's in control. And when you go there, they have their police around. They take the taxes. They have, everything that is taken, they give them. Israel will take it and give it to them. Because it's in their land. But the Catholics went and built it. What? 
they preserved it. Otherwise, Jesus Christ, his history would have been taken out of the world. But I also know that it was God who was behind it. That this thing that I have done, no matter what you do, you can't take it out of history. So just put your hands together and let's clap for our God and Jesus Christ. Amen. They want to take it out of history, but God won't allow it. Amen. So we want to celebrate it in context. We'll make noise about it. That's the first thing. Make noise. Let people know it happened. It occurred. More importantly, you lose your life to make noise about it. If you don't believe he came, look at my life. My life was changed by him. So he came. You know, one of the greatest evidence you can give for celebrating Christmas is your own life. Say my own life. Come on, say my own life. Now let me ask you, what is your own life? Is it in Christ? Is it saved? So, if you are celebrating Christmas in any way and your life is not affected by Christ, it is not a proper and a contextual celebration. You must celebrate him in context. Not only making noise and eating, but your life must be in him. Listen, if somebody gave you a man as a gift, you must ask yourself, do I have that gift? Christmas is a son given to mankind. Do I have that son? The Bible says, he that has the son has life. He that has not the son of God has not life. Do I have that life? When he came, he said, I am the life. Do I have, do you have that life? That is the best way to celebrate Christmas. Not just only the eating. I've told you, you can eat. You can play songs. And you can dance in your house with your wife. If it's a Christian gathering, even go there and dance. Don't go to an unbelieving gathering. Go to Christian gatherings and dance. You are celebrating. No, after that dance, let's dance. Let's celebrate. Let's make noise. Let the world know that once upon a time, Jesus was born. Let's eat. Let's gather as family. Let's talk among ourselves. But the most important is that your life must have that son. If you don't have that son, any other thing you do is not the proper way to celebrate Jesus. It's not the proper way. Hello? Ask somebody, do you have the son? No, no, tap, tap somebody and ask, do you have the son? Don't ask your wife. Go and ask another person. <laughs> uh, ask another person. After your wife, if you ask your wife, very soon you go home and you go and ask you, so are you not doubting me? Or your husband. Say, hey. But it's, it's just to assure all of us. It's just to assure us. Christmas is a son was given to, the, to mankind. For unto us, a child is born. Unto us, a son is given. Let me talk about a child was born and a son is given. Why? 
the prophet put it that way. He came into the world as a child because God must come into the world and he must come like the way every man comes. So he came. God came down. But he must, if he wants to enter this life, he must come like the way you and me came. So he must come as a child. He came as a child. He entered the world as a child. Amen. You know, if he never entered the world as a child, it would have been impossible for him to be a copy for us to follow. Whatever example he was going to give us, we would have said, it's not a good example because he is something else. You know, when you have gone through some things and somebody has not gone through them and you are talking to the person who has not gone through them, you tell him, I have been there before. I have been there before. I have gone through this before. Then the person will listen to you. The person will listen to you. Amen. There was a military officer who lost three children one day on the way to Akosombo in a car accident. They took his car, they were going and they had an accident. For three days, nobody could go into his room to talk to him. And I was there and somebody called me and said, can we get Pasesu to talk to this man? I said, well, that's, that's good. I'll, I'll let him. I'll get him. They gave me his number. I sent it to him. Pasesu. He called the man was not taken. He sent a text. I am Pastor Isudanaba. I want to talk to you, sir. Quickly! He said, call. He called. He picked it. He started shouting, Hey, Reverend Isu! Reverend Isu! Reverend Isu! And people were sitting in the hall hearing him shout. And then, he, he said, I just heard your story. He said, Reverend Isu, I know you will understand me. People think I'm mad, but I know you will understand me. If you have not been through something, sometimes you cannot talk more. So, Jesus had to come as a child. For unto us, that child was born. Though he was a child, he was born unto us. He went through things. Yesterday, when we were, we were the, the, the youth were displaying. Oh, and they were showing how Jesus... Joseph and Mary were struggling to get the place and they were not getting. And finally, Jesus had to be born. And look at where he was born. In a manger. That means to tell you that you are even better. You are even better. Where you are. <laughs> Listen, where you were born, <laughs> you were born in a house. Jesus was born in a manger. Among sheep. How many of you have read sheep before? When you enter into a sheep pen and come out, it will take you some time for the scent of the droppings to leave your body. Am I talking to somebody? That was where he was born. As a child, he was born there. He came like the way we came. I am trying to let you know something. So he was born as a child. But, and God gave him to us as a child. But he was, he was born into the world as a child. 
but God gave him to us as a son. For unto us a child is born, but unto us a son is given. The emphasis is mine, but the reason being that when he was a child, he was even misunderstood. Circumstances fought against him. Look at his own parents. When they took him to, 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 to Jerusalem for, uh, for, for what? To perform the Passover. And they were looking for him. Nobody understood. People, oh, he, that's a carpenter. Oh, but we know him. This is Joseph's son. We know him. Ah, but this is Mary's son. This, this, some people even said this is the bastard. Those who don't like him, they'll say, oh, he's, he's the bastard. Ah, the mother just went somewhere and came and said the Holy Ghost. Amen. As a child, you could not see anything about him. But he was still given to us. That is where the wise men, and uh, let's correct ourselves. Many kinds of places, they say three. All right? Nobody knows the number. But People use the three because of the types of gifts they presented. So you could be right if you say three. You could also be wrong. So don't go and argue on the number and say they were three. They were not three. Is that okay? The Bible doesn't mention the number. But people use three because they were carrying. There could even be two who were carrying those three things. Is that okay? Just to give you a proper balance of scripture. All right. The wise men were considered wise because even when he was a baby, they saw him. You know, one of the problems about many people is that when Jesus was a baby, they refused him. When he was a child, they refused him. Even his parents, when they took him and they were looking for him, they forgot that the guy is growing now. In fact, they forgot. They forgot that the guy is growing. So when Jesus was growing up and decided now that I am now that I'm growing, let me change myself. The parents were against that. Don't worry. You listen to me and stop watching me. Amen. I want to remove this, that's why. So the Bible says. When they could not find him, they went back. And when they found him, they said, son, why have you created this problem to us? We have been looking for you. Your father and I have been looking for you. He said, mom, why are you looking for me? Don't you know that I must be about my father's business? Listen to me. He was a child. But as he becomes a son, something has to change. That is why he was given to us as a son. Most people never received him when he was a baby. It didn't matter. But if you don't receive him as a son, you have a problem. Amen. So many things. Because he was given. Was, was given to us as a son. 
For unto us a son is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulder. His name shall be called Wonderful. Counselor. Mighty God. He was not given as a son. A, a child. He was given to us as a son. He was born as a child. But he was offered to mankind as a son. He had to take a decision as a son to go to the cross. Nobody took him there. He went himself. If he had not become a son, he couldn't have gone to the cross himself. So he had to be given to us as a son. God said, I gave him to you as a son. As a son, whatever you saw happen to him, he was given to you. That's why he did it. Sonship is the highest point of relationship between a father and his children. And I will explain what sonship means. You know, we in our language, when we say a son, it means he's a baby. A baby or he's a male. Eh? And when we say he's a daughter, then he said, listen. But in the Bible, when they say sonship, it doesn't only refer to male or female. That's number one. Number two, it doesn't also refer to male, but it refers to a certain state of life. The person has reached a certain point in life where you can entrust things to him, you can commit things to him. When the Bible says you are a son, it means you have grown to a certain place that he can commit things to you. Otherwise, when the Bible says, as many as are led by the Spirit, they are the sons of God. Does that mean they were not sons? This sonship is talking about, it's not about you being born to somebody is about the state where you have reached. So he was born as a child, but he came up to be a son. Where he now had to willingly choose what to do and to take up the assignment for which he was called to do. And he took it. He couldn't have taken it as a child. He had to take it as a son. So God said he will mature. So when he got to that point, Sonship is the highest point of relationship that a parent can have over your children. That means in, in life, you must grow to be a son so that God can trust you to give you many things. Am I talking to somebody? Am I talking to somebody? That's why in Galatians chapter 4, the verse 1 and 2, the scripture says it. For a son, as long as he's a baby, for an heir, as long as he's a, a child, does not differ from a servant. That means, though you are the heir, you are the one to inherit. If you are still a child, you are treated like what? A servant. And so, Jesus became a man and offered himself for us. So God gave him Amen. So his parents then realized that the man has now grown and he wants to do what the will of the Lord is. A son carries the dignity and honor of his father. So now here Jesus is a son. He's carrying the dignity and honor. So everywhere he stood, he says, my father, my father, my father works. That's why I'm here. My father sent me. My father brought me here. He's carrying the dignity of his father. He now had to represent God well here on earth. That's why we said Jesus well represented God. He was God. 
He gave up every power. But on earth here, he lived properly for God. May that be your story. As you grow in Christ and become a son, very soon I'll tell you, that's, that's the ultimate place God wants us to be. He lived his life in dignity and honor of the Father. A son also has the government of his father and as the heir of his father. A son is the gov has the government of his father. You see, a son, you, you have come to the sonship and your father can commit the rulership and the dominion of his things into your hand. So God looked at Jesus after he had become a son and said, now, take it. Whatever you want to do, do it. We must come to sonship so that God can commit things to us. Heirs of the Father. Inheritance belong to you. So Jesus came to make us also become sons of God and not just servants of God. Because he was bringing us to that ultimate place. That is why last Wednesday those of you were there were talking about God is my father. When Jesus was leaving, he said, he told Mary, go and tell them that I'm going to my God and to their God. To my father and to their father. Why? Because he knows that by that, he has also brought you, not just to be a servant, but to be a son of God. May you become a proper son of God. So he was given us a son so that he would adopt us. Say adoption. So the Bible says we are adopted. By the spirit of the son. We are adopted into sonship. So Jesus just didn't come. For us to eat party. He came. So that what the father has made him. He will make you too like that. That is why every man. Who is celebrating Christmas. Must also find out. Am I in him? Am I a son? Not only enough to be in him. But you must be a son. You must grow to the place of responsibility. A son carries the responsibility of his father and therefore carries the privileges of the father. Any son who cannot carry the responsibility of his father is not qualified to carry the privileges of the father. Amen. So God committed everything to him. Jesus can look at his disciples and say, the Lord has committed all judgment into my hands. The Lord has committed all judgment into my hands. And when he was talking to the disciples, the Bible says that don't we even know that we, Christians, don't we even know that God has committed the judgment of angels into our hands? Judgment of angels. Because why? We must also come up and become sons of God. I hope you know that it's, it's, it's not gender by us. You want to say sons? Woman, you are one of them. Amen. So, he was giving us a son to make sons for God. Sons carry out the assignment of their father because they are sent to do. So, Jesus came to go and do the assignment of his father. That's why he had to be a son. You remember the story in the Bible where Jesus told a story, a parable, I think in Mark chapter 12. I'll find out where the mark will look. Where he told the story about a man who planted a vineyard and gave it to husbandmen. 
and traveled. And after some time, he sent some servants to go take the harvest and bring. When they went, the people beat them up and, and killed them. No, they beat them up. He sent a, a, a second one, third one. They did the same thing. Then he said, well, let me send my own son to go. As for my own son, they will know this is the, my son, and they will not do that. When they saw him, they said, aha, uh -huh, look at the man who is coming. He's the one to inherit this. The Bible says, and they beat him up and killed him. But he was the one who was supposed to carry the responsibility of his father. So the people knew that this man is the one who will take the responsibility. Let's finish it. That's what Jesus gave. God gave him the full right to carry the responsibility and the privileges of a son to carry out every assignment and the purpose for which God sent him. I pray that in this Christmas, you will find your purpose, you will find your assignment, and you become a son enough to fulfill. May God commit unto you something higher. That's why the Bible says, and the, and, the, and the government shall be upon his shoulder. So Jesus came as a son to adopt us and make us also sons of the Father. You see, when you read Galatians chapter 4, the verse 4 to 6, Galatians chapter 4, the verse 4 to 7, but when the fullness of time was come, God sent forth his son, say his son, made of a woman, made under the law, move on, to redeem them that were under the law, that we might receive the adoption of what? We might receive the adoption of what? We might receive the adoption of what? So he was a son sent to redeem us so that we can also become what? Sons. Because sons carry something. I pray you don't continue to become a child. Because Jesus didn't remain a child. He became a son. He was born a child. You have been born into the kingdom for such a long time. But why are you still a babe? Are you still a child? In the things of God. May you grow up and become a son. Because until then, you won't see certain responsibilities in your hand. You won't see certain blessings. Am I talking to somebody at all? There are a lot of children in the body of Christ. The Bible says that we no longer will become children tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine and the cunning slate of men. Children are tossed. If you look at the way the church is today, the church of God, Christians in Ghana, we have many children, but they are not becoming sons. That's why we are tossed to and fro. May the Lord deliver us. But when you become a son, then you are ready to carry the responsibility of the father and therefore the, 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 the privileges of the father. May God make you a son. May you grow up to be a son. He was born a child. And he became a son. And that's why he was given. God had given him to us as child only. All of us who are hard cause to, to say why some things are not workable in our lives. But it was not so. He gave him to us as a son. Amen. Adoption of sons. Verse 6. Look at verse 6. And because ye are sons, God has sent forth the spirit of his son into your heart, crying, Abba, father. You see, that word, 
he has sent forth the spirit of his son. When you go into Romans, you see it. In Romans also, it talks about it. Romans chapter 8. It talks about the same thing. But let me finish this one and I'll go there so that I'll conclude this thing. Seven. Verse 7. Wherefore, thou art no more a servant, but what? A son. If a son, then an heir of God through Christ. So you see, Jesus came so that you can become a son like he was a son. So that you can inherit and you can be on top of situations like he was on top of situations. Listen, that's why we're saying that the birth of Jesus is the biggest gift God gave to you. I see you rising up to become somebody. I see you taking your place in life. I see you rising up and becoming a man and a, a son indeed of God so that you will be on top of situation. Can I hear somebody say a big amen? I see you getting to that place. I pray that the spirit of adoption will come upon you. Spirit of adoption. Tell somebody I'm a son. I'm not a servant. God is my father. Say it. That's who you are. Jesus came to make it possible. And he did it. He paid for it and left. And the Bible says, he has sent the spirit of his son into us so that we can cry, Abba, Father. Let me look at Romans chapter 8, verse 14 to 17. You see the same thing there. For as many as are led by the spirit of God, they are what? Sons of God. They are what? Come on, say I'm the son of God. Jesus became a son and was given to us so that we can become sons of God. By his adoption, become sons. God has adopted you. Listen, the name you carry is not important. You are an adopted son of God. And that's what you are. When you walk, walk like that. 15, move. For ye have not received a, the spirit of bondage again to fear, but ye have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. Say, Abba, Father. That means, those days when you used to be afraid to get to God, the times are over. Now you have been adopted. You can cry, Abba, Father. Let me explain this, Abba, Father. The word Abba also means Father. So actually, it says Father, Father. That's a cry, Father, Father. But the word Abba is an Aramaic word, which also means Father. And the Greek word is also what they have interpreted, Father. But the reason why they left the Aramaic without interpreting is this. There is a sense in which the, the Jews say it, or in Palestine. If you are a servant, you never refer to your master as Abba. It's impossible. In fact, you'll be, you'll be killed if you do that. It means you are making yourself equal to him when you are a servant. So even if you are a servant and he has brought you to his house, you will never use the word Abba. That's your end. It means you are making yourself equal to him. It's only his children who can say he is their Abba. Like in, 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 in certain dialects and in houses, they say Baba. This is my father. You don't, you don't use that. But Christ is saying that 
though we were servants, now he has adopted us and brought us and we have the permission when we are going to God, not only to call him our father, but to say, Abba. That is the privilege that God has given to us. We can cry, Abba, Father. In Mark chapter 14, I think from the verse 34, Jesus himself, when he was in Gethsemane, it's only Mark that recorded it. When he was in Gethsemane, he cried, Abba, Father. Hallelujah. He cried, Abba, Father. So that is the thing. That means Jesus has made you to be on the same plane with him. When he was leaving, he told his disciples, he said, you are no more servants. You are my brothers. Come and say, I'm my brother. He said, you are no more servants. I've saved you. You see, this is one of the revelations of scripture that should change the way you look at yourself so that you can become. Listen, it is not what is in your, what you think or what people say that can change you. It is the truth of God you believe that changes your life. It's the truth of God. What God says, if you believe that one, you will see a change. But when you choose not to believe it, you will remain wherever you are. We are sons and daughters of the Most High God. And he has become our father. Hallelujah. So Abba means now the relationship between us and God is on the highest point. Sonship is the highest point of the relationship. Amen. Am I talking to somebody? So we believers by redemption and adoption are permitted to relate to God on the highest level with all the responsibilities and privileges as sons. Because Jesus was given to us as a son. Mercy is ours. May you have mercy. One of the things sons get is mercy. Say mercy. Ah, mercy. Son, you get mercy. May the mercy of God find you. I said may the mercy of God find you. No, one of the greatest things you can enjoy from the Father is mercy. This morning, Enoch came to me to come and apologize over something. I never even thought about it. When he came, I said, I don't even think about this one. Mercy is what you enjoy from your Father. May you find mercy in God. That's what Christ brought you to enjoy. In Christ, so don't just celebrate Christmas, but enjoy the mercy. From today, may you have mercy. Listen, anything that has gone wrong in your life, I pray the mercy of God. Listen, go to him. Abba, Father, let me have mercy. And you will have mercy galore. Receive the mercy of God, somebody. I said, receive the mercy of God, somebody. You receive forgiveness. We go to him, Abba, Father, forgiveness. Say forgiveness. It doesn't matter the crime you have committed. You know something? Let me say it this way. You can kill a human being, eh? Hmm? And you have been jailed. But before you were even jailed, if you genuinely went to your father, and repented you know what he will forgive you 
They may throw you in jail, but there is something you have received which is higher than the punishment of jail. Forgiveness. It means, in God's eyes, it's as if nothing has ever happened. You are only going through school of the earth. Because that is what human beings should do, though. And they will do it by the law. But, so there are times, listen, seeking God's forgiveness is more important than seeking human beings or covering things from human beings or doing something around human beings. I'm not saying don't go to human beings and seek their forgiveness. But first, forgiveness is God. And it's, it's, it's a privilege. It's something children enjoy. Say, I'm forgiven. Cleansing. Cleansing. Jesus brought us so that we can be cleansed. Righteousness. He brought us so that we can receive righteousness of God. The righteousness of God in Christ is given to us because we are sons. I see you righteous this morning. May you walk in that righteousness. May you subdue the world by that righteousness. Receive the righteousness of God over your life. My goodness. Peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. My goodness. I, I like that. I won't have time to talk about that. But one day we'll talk about it. Peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. We have become sons to enjoy peace and God. May the peace of God keep your heart your mind but you have joy in your heart no matter what you're going through may the joy over you defeat the problems you are going through can i say something to somebody i see you walking in the peace and joy of the holy ghost may that thing come over you dominion the government of his shoulders is on the church it's on us a head that's not carried it's the shoulders that carry it and the shoulder down is the body of Christ. He's the head. We are his body. So we carry that dominion because we are here on earth. May you walk in dominion. Perfect dominion over the atmosphere. Perfect dominion over the underworld. Perfect dominion over every spiritual environment of your house. Perfect dominion over everything that's around. Receive that dominion and walk in it. As a son, it is your bona fide right. Bona fide right as a son to dominate. Say, I dominate. And the last one is eternal life. Eternal life. A son must honor his father. Do we honor God? You see, that's why I'm saying that Christmas, honor God. A son must honor his father. We honor God by worshiping him. A son must represent his father well. Jesus represented God well. Are you representing him? Or when people look at you, what do they see? So you are celebrating Christmas, but when they look at your life, when they hear you talk, when they hear the words that come out of your mouth, may we go and honor God. May we go and represent him. And a son will inherit his father. Now he inherits his father in so many things. He will inherit the purpose or the business of your father. The work of God on earth, have you inherited it as a son? God made us son so that we can carry on with his business. Jesus said, don't you know that I must be about my father's business? What about God's business are you interested in? Or you are interested in yourself? What about God's business are you interested in? God wants everybody to hear the gospel. Do you preach the gospel? In Christmas time, we are supposed to preach the gospel. Can I have somebody say amen to that? 
I said in Christmas time we are supposed to preach what? Because that is the best gift you can give to somebody. You can go and buy a suit for somebody. You can go and give somebody money. You can go and give somebody a shoe. But the best gift is to present Christ to that person. Christians are celebrating Christmas. Christ coming. But we are not presenting Christ to humanity. Meanwhile, God gave us a son. May we carry the son to the world. I pray that in this few days from tomorrow as we, we come into this thing, that you will carry Christ to somebody. Tell somebody I'll send Christ to somebody. Bow down your heads and pray about that. I want you to pray about that. Are you, are you representing God well on this earth? Or you are also following the world to do what they believe Christmas is. They believe Christmas is eating and drinking. Is that how you two you see it? 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 Are you representing him? Are you honoring him? Stand on your feet.